tonight on episode 14.1, I guess we'll call it, a Verse Chorus Verse. We're going to talk hip-hop. Yeah. David can try to do his best impersonation of a white guy on a late 80s rap <laughs> album skit. <laughs> that's pretty, that's that, pretty, that nailed it right there. That's next. <laughs> Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse. I am DL. With me, as always, is the street knowledgeable Sven Knutsen. Sven, how are you? And are you ready for a first Verse Chorus Verse collaboration, if you will? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. And this is a hot topic. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Very hot topic. Yeah. How has your week been? On fire, as usual. Awesome. Good, though. I, g- I got some extra sleep last night somehow. Ooh. I think I finally burned myself out and like just like crashed. I've got a, like, a, a little bit extra energy tonight, and I'm feeling good. This is kind of... We're going to call this a two-part episode. Basically, this all stemmed from we are dissecting like we did last time. We dissected the Foo Fighters. We're going to do this every 12-ish episodes. We're going to take a prominent band group, something like that. One of us is going to pick... Sven picked NWA this time, and it just so happened that around the same time, a gentleman from another podcast called Quarantined got a hold of me and asked if I'd be interested in a collaboration. Their podcast is a lot of different stuff, but the episodes that I did see were prominently hip-hop. So I thought, what better time than have a discussion about this? I don't know what your feelings are as far as this. I feel... A little bit weird talking about it as a white guy from the Northwest. Not weird, but it always makes me wonder what the outside looking in looks like. How do you feel about those sort of things? NWA specifically or, or just the genre in general? Um, well, I would say NWA is the prime example because we can't even say... Yeah. Half their we, we have to abbreviate. Yeah, we can't say their name. We, we can't it. say we can't say one of their album names. Like we can't really say half the names of the songs. We could, but <laughs> then we'd also then have to respond to a lot of. I think we'd just get kicked off the internet. Kicked off the internet. Much. We would lose our jobs. No, I get yeah. it's 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 you have to do a little eggshell walk. Yes. I feel a little bit of that. It doesn't worry me as much, and I'm not sure why. I think. Hopefully, listeners get where our heart's at and where our head's at. If something comes out of my mouth, uh, I'm not going to speak for you, but I try to be very politically correct when I can, but I mess up sometimes. I'm human. I make mistakes. So I try not to get so stressed out that it prevents me from sharing my actual feelings about music or, or, or the band. And I think a lot of that stems from, I think you feel the same as me, where I don't look at NWA as group of black hip-hop artists nwa is a rap group that right. i grew up knowing about besides the cultural significance and everything they did which we'll talk about what they accomplished and everything but they're nothing more to me than a another group that did a bunch of stuff and, and i could say that about any culture any type of music so I think that's kind of why you and I don't think about that stuff. And I guess that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to Zay. His name is Zay from the Quarantine Podcast. Is is that something we should even yeah. be thinking about? Yeah, and I, you know, I think, I wish I knew the quote right now. I wish I knew which author, who, who actually authored this quote. And I'm going to butcher it. So I'm I'm going to put this kind of in, in my own words, what I can remember. It absolutely floored him, or he was absolutely horrified that there could be some suburban white kid in Minnesota 
that is the biggest hip-hop fan and has never met a black person in their life. That's where I think like hip-hop in general has so many layers. You want to talk about complicated... The music itself is not what I'm talking about, but the social bubble, the social stigma, the social expectations, perceptions, people in the mainstream and politicians have put on the genre. I mean, I remember thinking back to, I mean, not just NWA, but Ice-T. Yeah. When gangster rap was was big, as not only like their lyrics, but also some of the violence that was East Coast, West Coast, there was a lot of hate going on just within the hip-hop community at that time, and, and not just verbal shots, yeah. but literal shots taken at each other. And the media storm around that, and it was all at this perfect point where it was like parents were freaking out because all these white kids and, and you know, growing up in Boise, that's that's what we all, like, 99% white. So, like, parents freaking out about gangster rap, and then at the same time, you got all the politicians pushing... Censorship. Yeah, and... censorship, and then on top of that, the war on drugs was, was at its peak. You had the industrial prison yep. complex, which I think plays a huge part into hip-hop culture. This is something kind of weird for, for the two of us to talk about, the justice system and how, well, it's all in, yeah. how fucked that is. It's all a part of culture that people like you and I weren't... People like you and I weren't raised around it, and at a certain point, it was artists like NWA and Public Enemy and these type of people that brought that to the forefront and had white kids in Boise saying, look at what's going on. Yeah. You need to grow up and you need to change yeah. this from the inside out. I think that really helped with our generation was able to grow up so much more open-minded than the previous generation Absolutely. because... And I think that that's continued generation after generation. I look at my kids now. It's not like they're colorblind. Mm -hmm. Kids definitely see race. But it's not the thing that they use to judge yeah. each other on. They don't give a shit. I would say I'm blessed to be in a community that's like that. We all are, we're, we're all different and we celebrate those. And we don't use those to judge each other or treat each other differently. We embrace those things and try to learn more about them. And I think I'm seeing a generation of kids now that that's kind of more ingrained into who they are. We'll talk a little bit more about that after we're going to play the conversation between Zay and I. Sven, unfortunately, wasn't able to make yeah, so bummed, but. us adults with full-time jobs. We can't always be doing all this stuff. But it really worked out as a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I'm sure that Quarantine Podcast and us at Verse Course Verse will be doing something else together, and we'll make sure that we're all able to do it. Before we play the conversation, the most important part of the night, Sven, what are you drinking? I was tonight? thinking about doing like a dealer's choice type of thing, and you're the dealer. Oh, my uh, God. You're so pulling an pull evil. Out. I know. Oh, I'm taking a cue from the master over there. Yeah, except, <laughs> I like, that's well put. Except I don't have really nice whiskey. I do have <laughs> some pretty nice beer, though. This is a, a Fremont beer. It's a hazy IPA. You can't see it at home, but that's a pretty can. Head full of dynamite. All that's, right. That's Seattle. Pretty close to up where you are. Icicle Brewing. Never had anything from this brewery. It's called Peak Seeker Unfiltered West Coast IPA. That, to me, sounds like a fancy way of saying hazy IPA, but they didn't want to say hazy. Yeah. Unfiltered West Coast, Washington, Leavenworth. All right. All right. And then Snail Bones IPA from Elysian Blue Elysian. Brewing. They're all Washington beers. I didn't realize how uh, how much I had had a thing. I say tonight you go with the Elysian. Elysian. Snail Bones. And then maybe you break one of those other ones out for episode 14.2. I, in honor of our 
first real complete hip hop episode made a kind of a gin and juice cocktail. Oh. I went Tangeray, uh did kind of like a grapefruit sparkling water sort of thing mm-hmm. and then just added some lime and simple syrup. It is a hot summer day. Nice. I could just crush these. That, Am- that amazing. Fabulous so, cuz we're going to go ahead and play this discussion with say it's a good starting conversation on race and hip hop and then mostly it just delves into favorite artists and stuff like that and that's about it. So we'll see you when we get back. David from Verse Chorus Verse. And today we're going to talk about hip-hop. He wants to discuss how does hip-hop relate to different races. Um, We're going to talk about some of our favorite hip-hop albums, how he got into it. He's going to talk about his podcast. So David, go ahead and take it away. Do what you do and uh, we'll go from there. First off, thanks for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So I don't even remember one of us contacted the other, just got kind of a real quick glimpse of the other's podcast and asked if we want to do a collaboration and we'll, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Sven, who couldn't be here, he's the co-host of verse chorus verse. He's just got too much going on, but we are going to do a dissection of NWA pretty soon. And I thought since on your podcast, you talk a lot about hip hop. I figured this is the perfect opportunity to discuss with somebody what it's like even to hear a white boy from the Northwest even talking about NWA. Is it a great thing that this sort of stuff is being discussed? Is it some sort of appropriation? And then I listened to your podcast too, and I just enjoyed it. You're cool dudes. So I just figured it'd be fun to talk hip hop. You guys were talking a bunch of three, six mafia who I've liked since I started getting into hip hop. So yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And my friend Cullen, who he's too busy. He couldn't do it today. He's also like you say, a white boy, right? He's the biggest three, six mafia fan that I've ever <laughs> met before him. I didn't hear about 3-6 Mafia until I was younger. And it was when they came out in the 2000s, right? Yeah. But I wasn't really that big of a fan. I, I still listen to like top like three songs that they had when it came out. He starts telling me about like the name of the group, where they're from. I didn't realize 3-6 Mafia <laughs> had so many members. Then he yeah. started introducing me to underground hip-hop. So I'm not, I don't know a lot of information about the underground hip-hop scene, Oh, and then lastly, yeah, yeah, my cousin, who he's younger than me and Cullen, he doesn't really like new hip hop, right? He's more of old school. Okay, we're kind of on the same wave because Sven, he's a little more into the newer stuff. We've only done one hip hop album that we've released that we reviewed, which was uh, ADHD by Joyner Lucas. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about, but it hasn't released yet, uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Stop Which... it. No, 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 no. You're going to stop it right now. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. David, <laughs> I got chills right now because <laughs> that album came out in, night. Uh, I think it was 1999. It won like a Grammy Award. I think it's like the first hip-hop album or something. Yeah. I yeah. Actually, I just listened to that album in 2019. No and, shit. Yes. It's a 10 out of 10. It's a perfect album. <laughs> 
for the time that it came out and for the shit that she's saying first yeah i think you're right first female hip-hop artist to to win all just everything that came with it what she put into the album and how true to herself she stayed afterwards to where she didn't even cut anything else after that it's that's it she has a mtv unplugged i've been meaning to listen to it but i haven't gotten around to it but yeah other than those two albums we hadn't even really talked rap or hip-hop and when we did talk about joiner lucas and that's something we can touch on uh adhd have you listened to that album adhd by joiner lucas i'm not gonna say i'm not like a big fan of him because i haven't really listened to him uh-huh. the only thing i heard from him okay i've heard two songs from him one he did um i think it's called smith yeah yeah the song okay. about will smith okay i've heard that song and then remember when he did the one song where he has like a guy who's like a Trump supporter talking to a black guy? They're like in an interrogation room. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go back and listen to it. And I would too, because I can't remember. It uh-huh. was really good. The Trump supporter. The I'm guy. Not Racist is the name of the song. Yeah. A lot of people, it came out of nowhere. So it was really good. First heard it. Everybody's like, oh yeah, that's great. That's great. But the stuff that the black guy was saying, I didn't like it because he wasn't hitting good points. I'm a historian, right? So not only do I do the podcast, I went to school, I got a degree in history. Stuff that he was saying was like some stuff about fried chicken and Kool-Aid. I was like, how is that relevant to what what he was saying? It it just didn't make any sense. And I remember um, letting my mom listen to it also, and I brought it to her attention. She's like, you're right. He's like, his argument against what he was saying, it doesn't even correlate. You know, it was our third episode was when Sven gave me, because we give each other albums to review, and he gave me ADHD. The first anything hip-hop that we'd done, and I'll be straight up, I I hated the fucking album. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. it I just felt like he was regurgitating the same shit. He trying to be witty, but he's not. Kind of like what you were saying with the Kool-Aid and the fried chicken. Like He yeah. thinks it's this big, poignant, smart thing. It's not. It's a lot of the stuff he was saying is the same shit people were saying in like 2000. It was hard for me because like like I said at the beginning of the podcast, a white guy living in the Northwest, it, there's not a ton of culture here. It's very liberal, a lot of open minds. It's not like people aren't walking around being racist or anything, but it's still actually it's one of the only reasons I'm bummed that I moved. I, I lived in North Carolina. I was raising my kid there. And that was what I liked about North Carolina is, is she was interacting with people of different culture mm-hmm. and you know, the races and the culture in North Carolina is amazing. You'll end up meeting people from everywhere every day. And it's not like that up here. So I felt weird shitting on a hip hop album. The first time we did one, yeah, you're basically saying, like, you're not really into the culture as much. And you felt like since you're sort of like an outsider, kind of, felt like you shouldn't shit on it. But if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, it's nothing you can do to yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? I, we, we've never did one of these, but I really like Florida Georgia Line. Okay. All right. I, I really like Florida Georgia Line. I think they're just so good. And <laughs> I remember talking to some of my friends. You know how you're saying that you're from an area in North Carolina that was diverse? Yeah. Okay, well, that's the opposite for me. It, where I'm from, it was just it's mostly just white Americans. Oh, really? So the only difference was for me is that when I went to college, I went from all white schools to then going to all black schools. I for school for my school years and for where I live is predominantly white, and then I went to a school that was predominantly black. So we kind of vice versa. Though. You know what's funny though is I grew up in a, a very white city, mm-hmm. but then I went to the military. 
And when I went into the military, 90% of the people that I ended up being close with, you know, most of them, almost all of my department, with the exception of, I think, two people were black. So kind of exact same for me. I grew up in a completely white city, got into the Navy, and then that was where all my hip hop came from. When I turned 18 or 19, I was hanging out with only black people mm-hmm. and that was where my education for hip-hop really started i had known hip-hop previously but only the famous stuff only you know tupac and lauren hill which we talked about i didn't know the three six mafia type stuff and pd pablos and mm-hmm. Ludacris and all that sort of stuff Ludacris before he got famous so yeah i get it because once is it's just like right now let's say i just start hanging out what country guys, right? Yeah. I'll kind of switch up a little bit because your environment kind of changes or makes you who you are. So I might start wearing cowboy boots and start <laughs> just listening to straight country. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so once you start hanging out with different people, you start doing different things. I think that could be for anybody. Like, you start hanging around with people who do boxing, then you might, you know what, I'm going to start watching boxing. I might get into yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's just that's just normal behavior. Absolutely. Yeah, that's but yeah, when I tell people that like Florida Georgian line is like, what? <laughs> and it's because they sort of have like a hip hop thing to it a little bit. It's not like old country. Because I, I swear sometimes they're up there rapping. You can tell that a lot of the production is from kind of the new age. Because a lot of production anywhere nowadays is very hip hop oriented. Yeah, a lot because of the it's producers... like the main thing that you listen to. Exactly. Because it's yeah. what's popular. It's what it's sells. It's like how rock used to be really big and maybe the... 80s and 90s you're saying like about like being a white guy listening to hip-hop from the midwest and stuff like that well if Mm -hmm. you really think about it since hip-hop has been so big when could you say the like the period where it's just it's so big now but when when can we say the time where it started where it's just huge man that's a good question honestly i think what happened is people like eminem started rapping Mm -hmm. and that brought all the suburban kids out, all the white kids from that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, wherever yeah. suburbia. And all of yeah. a sudden you went from 10 million people listening to it in America to a mm-hmm. hundred million people listening to it. You know, I mean, even Eminem has said the fact that he was white, that it was kind of helping him get like more. Oh, for sure. And make him the big superstar because he had a different base than what the black rappers, because they were talking about different stuff. So, Maybe some white kids were like, yeah, I don't like that. But then, of course, some kids were listening to it because you had, I don't know, when did Vanilla Ice come out? Or oh, the fuck. Beast, and you had, like, uh, the, you had the Beastie Boys, too, right? Though Vanilla Ice was really famous. Yeah. It was just more of an embarrassment than it. Like, Eminem is something to admire. He's Vanilla great. Ice is just embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, I've never, yeah. the only song I've ever heard from Vanilla Ice is just Ice Ice Baby. That's all you need to hear. <laughs> 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 I remember maybe around like 2005, they had Little John and the Eastside Boys. Yes. They were, that's the first time I had heard of Crunk. See, I was just a kid, but I know that not a lot of people that weren't in with their hip hop culture was listening to it, right? So yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a time period that I think is close to the 2010 because it's everywhere. It, so you're most likely to listen to it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that it was extremely popular by the time it got to about 2010. And then I think it was yeah. probably around then that it just completely took over. Anything popular was at least somewhat hip hop related. Even And that's what, like you said, even country music started having hip hop beats yeah. in the background. And I think you're spot on i was really really into hip-hop around when you were talking about more like 2003 2002 
when Houston started getting big and like Lil John and the East Side Boys, like you said, we listened to that. I was in the Navy. We listened to that all the fucking time, <laughs> all the time. And yeah, I just remember the little um, Lil John and the East Side Boys, and he said, "All skeet, skeet, skeet." I have no idea what he's talking about. The <laughs> kid, I have no idea what he's talking about. Good, clean family fun. <laughs> <laughs> So I mentioned previously that we're going to do a dissection of NWA on the podcast. I'm actually, I'm going to release that episode the exact same time that I release you and I's conversation in. I wanted to touch on that a little bit. We didn't even do it on purpose, but it's crazy how poignant NWA is at this point in time. All of it is, besides Ice-T, it's kind of the original Fuck the Police yeah. music. And it's crazy how that shit could have been written yesterday. Yeah, because like, so basically what you're saying is that some of the things that um, happened back then, they still happen today. That's why you can just fit them in the same place, like as if it was written today. Yeah, um, it was that that all came out that they were based in California, where the this was during like the LAPD dark cages, I guess you'd call it when yeah, it was the. Yeah dirtiest thing the dirtiest organization you could possibly think of did you see the movie i did i did see the movie so since i was little during the 90s i didn't really know much about nwa until i mean everybody knows about fuck the police but i really didn't know much about it until the movie came out right once the movie came out then i just pretty much listened to everything that was nwa at the time i was starting fresh off the album been out since the 90s when i was like why have I not listened to this before? It was so good. It really was. And man, they were smart. They touch on it in the movie when they're, I think it's Detroit, where they're told not to play the song Fuck the Police. Yeah. They knew that- They didn't want to be censored. Ex- exactly. Not only that, but if we're going to go out, we're going to play Fuck the Police, and that's going to make us 20 times more popular. Right. They did so much for- fighting censorship and then it's, it's also crazy how like none of them were actual like dr dre was an amazing producer yeah that's like, what i'm the... trying to figure out like where, where did he get these skills from ag just felt <sighs> i bet he just had a fucking drum machine when he was a kid and just hung out in his room and did it all day because the beats that he were he was making on those albums which are like I, I think they're like 88 and 89 or something like that they're amazing and then Ice Cube just had that voice, yeah. you know? I, yeah. Ice Cube has... Yeah, you just took the words because he wrote all the lyrics. Easy e couldn't write, but Ice Cube, man, he has such an authoritative voice. It's been really great listening to that stuff, and I just thought it was crazy how... We, we really didn't do it intentionally, but it's really weird how, how much what they're rapping about is pretty relative today. Yeah. For another example, I don't have anything to do with hip-hop, but how... Things from the past seem like they don't change much. There's a movie called I Am Not Your Negro. It's narrated by Samuel L. Jackson, but it's off the book by hero. Oh, James Baldwin. James Baldwin. It's about Malcolm X, isn't it? Or is it about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King? So it's about Malcolm X, you're right, Martin Luther King, and um, Medgar Evers. Oh, yeah. Okay. All civil rights leaders. One of the things they do in the movie, Mm -hmm. they use footage from our time period that we're living through right now. But they put recording over it from back in the day, like the 60s and 70s and stuff like that. And it lines up perfectly as if it was the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, for history, they say those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. So, history seems that 
you make two steps forward, but they say sometimes it seems like you just take three steps back. I, I'm a, I love history. So to me, it's almost like serenity. Just like sit. I hung out with my friends earlier, right? Yeah. And for two or three hours, we just talked about World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, the Vietnam War, and the Korean War. And it just was a great conversation. Yeah. Nerding out with other guys is the best thing you can do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this goes along with NWA because that's the other thing is this is a group that Sven and I can't even say the name of the group. We can't even say their albums. And it's all because of one word, which I don't even, you know, it makes me uncomfortable, which it should. So I wanted to hear your perspective on what that means as far as listening to things like that. Or if you hear, you know, on a podcast where there is a white guy, Sven is a bunch of things, but he's, you know, Chinese, Norwegian that are talking about a group like that, where we can't even, we can't really talk about a lot of their lyrics. We can't say the name of the band, anything like that. Does that mean that we shouldn't be talking about it? Does that mean that we just completely ignore the word? I don't want to be offensive, but at the same time, I like what I like and I'm not going to not listen to a song yeah. just because it has that word in it. This could go in so many different directions. I don't even know <laughs> what it can. First, in my family, we never actually said the word, right? We okay. just never say the N-word, all right? Yeah. But then I start hanging out with people. I just start using the N-word <laughs> like two, three years ago. I never said it. Where I would hear it in songs and I just never even thought to say the word, right? I yeah. thought it was a bad word to say. Like, at my house, it's bad to say it, right? Even now, I mean, I'm not a kid. My mom would tell me, I uh, shouldn't say that, right? So there is a disagreement between, like, older black people and younger black people about using the word. Older black people say you shouldn't use it. Younger black people basically say, well, I've been using the word, so we use the word now, right? So then it comes with a conversation like, well, should white people be able to use the word? I watch CNN. I, I watch all because I just like to be informed. Uh -huh. um, there's a, it's a lady who used to work on CNN, and she was talking about how she has a mixed kid. She has a mixed daughter, right? And she mm -hmm. said, when they're in the car, <laughs> they don't say N. They put W on it, so they say Wigga. <laughs> say, I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. It's kind of weird. But then it's, to me, well, then why would her child, who was technically like black, why would she say Wigga, right? It's weird to me still, though. And there's, I don't remember yeah. who it is. There's a comedian that has a thing on it that says even saying something like that, or even a white person on TV saying the N-word, yeah. you're still saying it. You're still saying something that is putting that word into somebody else's head. You yeah, know what basically, I mean? Basically, yeah. You listen to Kendrick? Uh, Kendrick Lamar is, might be my favorite rapper, at least currently. Yeah, he's I've, great. I we'll, love Kendrick Lamar. All right, let's save that because he's one of my favorites too. So today, the, the majority of people who listen to hip-hop are actually uh, white people because you make up most of the population. I've been to concerts, and it's mostly uh, just a lot of white people that's listening to the music and stuff, right? So Kendrick brings um, somebody on stage to rap with him, right? It was a white girl. Oh, God. Okay. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, so during the song, it had I don't know what song it was, but it had uh, it said nigga in there. She said it, and he he literally stopped it. Okay, <laughs> this is a concert with thousands of people. He yeah. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, whoa, let's cut it real quick. It's like, I can't allow you to do that. But if you think about it at the same time, right? He can't. Did he start the concert by saying, "Okay, guys, where well, I'm about to rap, and you can't say the word along with me, right?" All, all white people in the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> make sure to censor it. They were all saying it the whole time. Mark Lamont Hill. He's um he used to be on CNN, but he got fired. He's a professor at Temple University. He talks about pop culture, and he talks about hip hop, and he talks about history. 
you know, just all that stuff, right? And yeah. one of the things he was saying was, it's okay, like, if a white person just doesn't say the N-word, right? Like, it's, it's okay because he's saying, for example, you know how girls use the word bitch to talk to one another? Yeah. Well, me and you, we wouldn't say that to a female. Not without knowing there's going to be very grave consequences. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we talk about the LGBT community, we yeah. wouldn't use a word that would offend them, right? We, yep. but they, but they may use a word <clears throat> we would say was bad, but they use it amongst each other. Yeah. All groups have words they may use with each other that other people from on the outside don't use. And one last thing to go with it: basketball player, you know Kyrie Irving, right? Yep. He even just saying that black people shouldn't even use the word, right? Yeah, he just so, got pissed at another player first the Laker game. Yeah, yeah, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, they got kicked out of the game because Schroeder called him it, and yeah, then they started fighting. Yeah, so you see, even amongst um, African American community, there's a debate whether we should say it or we shouldn't say it, and then mm-hmm. we know how we feel that other people shouldn't use it. But you see, the word itself brings up a lot of emotion and deep conversation about whether it should be spoken or not. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So Which it, it should. Is Yeah, so it's just one of those words where it's just like, I think if you feel like you shouldn't say it, then you should just probably just leave it alone. But yeah. I get it, because there's some songs like My Nigga, My Nigga, that song, right? Yeah. And you can get caught up into it and it's like, well, dang, do I got to bleep out every time he says it? I can't enjoy the song. You know? Yeah. Because you, when you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're by yourself, you just rap into the music, right? Yeah, you're just enjoying a song. Just, but I'll still go through the same thing. I'll, you know, I'll be driving in my car and if I'm listening to hip hop, yeah, and I stop and the windows are rolled down. <laughs> he pulls up by me, it's a lot of language that there yeah. are. I'm like, fuck, should I be listening to this right now? Uh, you know what's funny? That's the same way when I'm driving around listening to country, like, okay, maybe I need to turn it down. <laughs> it could, and it don't matter if it's like a black person beside me or a white person. It's like, okay, I'm just going to turn it down a little bit. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, just comparing two things is kind of different, but yeah, that's the same thing I do. That kind of leads into, I want to ask you about, the first thing I'll do is I'll ask you about the most famous white rapper, which we've already discussed is Vanilla Ice. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I'm about to say like, hold no. on, this one is bumping in. So I got a question for you then. Do you think Eminem is fairly judged overrated because he's white or not given enough credit personally i think eminem is the best lyricist ever okay i don't think he's the best rapper ever and i just want to put out that the album recovery is amazing if you've never yes. heard it you need to go listen i'll put my two cents in for the eminem yeah. show too those two albums are see what i'm saying so for eminem i've always listened to certain songs singles and yeah 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 except for recovery there's certain rappers like all right let's just go with drake for a second right yeah personally i think drake might be one of the top five greatest rapper ever but it depends on who you're talking to right i can name a ton of drake songs that say this is why i think drake is the best yeah i could do the same thing for lil wayne biggie and tupac they're in the 90s so I can't really tell you like too many songs from him, right? By the time it was 95, I was only three, right? Yeah, yeah. So so basically, since everybody says they're the greatest, you kind of just go along with it. I even said to myself, I said, and then I heard somebody else say it. Somebody famous said it. I can't remember. I said to myself, is Biggie really the best if he only produced two albums? And I thought it yeah. was a controversial thought. But after I heard somebody else say it, I was like, wait a minute. I said that a while ago. Not saying he wasn't good. 
But yeah, now the thing about Eminem, right? Mm-hmm. When I put up the songs, they're not like the best songs. Like I could be going down the road and I say, yo, you got to listen to this new Eminem album. The only thing I can really say is when I'm listening to Eminem, did you hear the wordplay on that? Yeah. Yo, he, he said something that I don't think anybody else is, would say. But then you got to realize he was saying some weird stuff too about like killing his mom and being abused and stuff like that. That stuff ain't going to like really play on the radio type stuff. No, his shit was yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah, in the beginning, he's got to be one of the best. And if you say he's not, then I have no idea what you're talking about. You're right, though, because there is a big difference between lyricists and yeah. rappers. There's a big difference between Tech 9 and Public Enemy. They're both fucking amazing, but it's just a whole different. Tech it's, Nine it's apples the, and oranges. The, the first concert I ever went to, and I never even heard of the guy, I just got invited, was Tech 9. And I was like, who is that? <laughs> but I went to the concert and I was like, yo. This is great. This is good. I love Tech Nine. He's a. I really like that. He's always kept it underground. He's good with that. He doesn't need to be this massive star. I'm like ten years older than you, mm-hmm. so it is. It's kind of like a, a revisionist history in that I was around for when Tupac, like when California Love came out, and when B.I.G. was. That was my first taste of hip hop. I had a friend whose dad was in some rap contest thing. And it was the first time I'd okay. ever been to any sort of club. And I walk in and the first song that plays is California Love by Dre and Tupac. And it fucking, it blew my mind. So you, you that know what's was... Funny before you, that was funny about that? When you said, it was like you almost put me mentally you were at when you walked into the club. <laughs> I, I seriously, like you made it almost clear to me as if I was there. And it was like, I could, I could literally hear the part, like when Dre goes, when the song goes, it goes... California love. love. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I felt it. It's like the, it's the argument. It's LeBron versus MJ. You know what I mean? You've got your generation of people that say LeBron is the best because they never saw MJ. And you've got your exactly. old people that decided 20 years ago, MJ is the best. I don't give a fuck what you say. It doesn't matter if LeBron gets 10 rings. That's it. We're done. I don't care if he went to eight straight finals and he had trash teams. Exactly. I think that's what you get when you try to compare Tupac to Kendrick Lamar. You're going to have the older generation saying that it doesn't matter because these are the guys that paved the way. And you're going to have the younger generation that wasn't the there when it happened. Yeah, I agree with you. So what are so, your thoughts on Eminem? I love Eminem. I never even thought that loving him, not that it is controversial, but that it mattered that he was white. Because like I said, I got really into hip hop mostly when I was, you know, in the mid 2000s. And I was introduced to Eminem by black people. You know, I mean, he was popular. You know, I'd heard songs on the radio, but I hadn't listened to a full album. Stan is amazing. Stan's old. The one where he's telling the story about the guy abusing his wife or something because want, he wants to... The guy's like obsessed with him. And I think that was Eminem's way of saying, this is all words. Just because I rap that I'm... I don't you know that do, life. Do, I'm not exactly. Stuff. I don't like, cut my wrist. Yeah, I say that I'm tying up my mom. I'm not actually tying up my mom, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> All right, so do you want my favorites right now or my favorites when I was a kid? Both. All right, my favorites as a kid, 50 Cent. Mm. Man, right, that was so. another album. When when Get Rich and Die Trying came Woo! out, everybody was only listening to that album. Yes, Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> Get, what's the first song that came out? In the Club. Uh, uh, Find Me in the, in club. the club. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 
that was great. Everything was on that album. P like P I M P was on that album, and I, oh. I, I could. There's every song on that album ended up big at some I point. What up, gangsta? Patiently waiting. That had Eminem on it, didn't it? Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, many men Woo! high all the time. Me- Mini Man was like my favorite song for a long time. High All The Time <laughs> is one that I still listen to to this day. God, I'm going to listen to this album this weekend. 21 this Questions was so good, I'll never forget listening to that song. That was huge, too. That was massive. That might have been bigger than In The Club. So I will listen to that tomorrow on my way to work, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. One album. Now, this guy's never been my favorite rapper, but this album came out when I was in sixth grade. It's the first album I ever, ever had. Who was Mike Jones? <laughs> Mike Jones. Mike Jones. And this is the crazy <laughs> part. That album is good. I was listening to it on my way home before I did the podcast. And yeah. I don't think people understand how good, not Mike Jones, how good Paul Wall is. No, that's a g- good call. Paul Wall is nice. I- I'm not saying he's the best rapper ever, but I don't think people know how good this He was really good. Yeah, I I had friends that only listened to that album for a long time. Now, I didn't realize it at the time until actually a few years ago. The album by Kanye West called Graduation is has to be one of the best rap albums ever. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Amazing. I didn't realize until I was older. People answered me, what music do I like? And I was like, that Kanye West album, Graduation, is one of the best albums I ever heard. I don't know that I've heard a Kanye West album that I don't really, really like. That is a very um, good point. That's, I, that's a good point. I remember vividly when his when College Dropout came out, his first album. And I, I remember watching. Yeah, I remember having a it, small TV in my room. The very first song on it, the the drug dealing just to get by, stack. Your, that was very much a what the fuck is this moment? Like that shit was amazing. I never heard that song, but now I want to listen to it. I think it's the very first song on that album because I remember I just just track one side one the very first Kanye West and it was well okay. So this guy is gonna be fucking huge. Yeah, Which, he has to be one of the best uh, to ever do it, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, he annoys the shit out of me. And, yeah. you know, what, whatever's going on with him and in his personal life, whatever, because I don't care how much you hate him. He's one of the best producers that ever lived. Yeah, his views have changed over the years. But the music-wise, now his newer albums are not as good as his old albums. I will say that. I would but agree. it's still manageable to listen to. Like, if Kanye comes out with an album like, the Jesus is King is actually pretty good. I kind of liked the one he did too. Do you, he did four or five albums where he got some cabin in Colorado. I think it's Wyoming or Montana. Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming. I think you're right. He did his own personal album. He did a Nas album. He did the album right, with uh, Kid Cudi. I think he did one more. I All the albums that came out of that I thought were really, really good. I haven't listened to it yet because sometimes there's just so much music to come out. It's only but so much I can listen to it. Oh yeah, every week something new's yeah. coming out. It's the, it's almost the same as streaming. Like when you're watching movies and stuff, it's just too much content. Have you noticed too that now you the podcast, it's harder to keep up with new shit. You're having to study, especially for you, because you guys do everything, right? You guys do movies, wrestling, yeah. music. We have so you're we haven't did movies yet, but yeah, you're having to study like one specific thing. You don't have time to listen to a bunch of new shit. Yeah, and sometimes if you notice. The last one we did was a wrestling one. That was like mm-hmm. three weeks ago. We haven't even did one because scheduling conflicts, people like doing different things. 
Um, yeah. I had to go back to work now because I was able to stay home and do work. Now I got to go back. Yeah, it's just sometimes I can get one in. All right, so back to the music. Yeah. Lil Wayne so, was also one of my favorites. Me too. I've always loved Lil Wayne. Carter 1, Carter 2, Carter 3. I really like his studio albums. They're great. But the thing yeah. that I like about him is anytime that he's on somebody else's song, he like the, the rest of the song doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, so Lil Wayne was a period when he was just so good. It was clearly that he was the best rapper alive. Did you hear the rock album by Lil Wayne? Not the whole album. Okay, yeah. I think I listened to one song, Drop the World, and that was basically it from there. He had, had enough. About I didn't <laughs> Not comparing the two, but Kid Cudi tried to do a rock album too. Mm-hmm. It was really, really not good. I, I love Kid Cudi. I, he's super experimental. I love the weird shit that he does. But mm-hmm. he did that too once. And it no, it wasn't good at all. You can check it out. (laughs) It's not good, though. If you like kind of different shit, if you haven't listened to the the Kanye Kid Cudi album, Kid See Ghosts, it's probably one of my favorite hip-hop albums of the last, like, 10 years. All right, where we at? I don't know. We went down four rabbit holes. I don't know where we are now. I don't even think it's really... You don't need to talk about Drake. Drake is the best rapper, not ever, but he's got to be top three. I think some people think this controversial because wordplay beat if he's on a feature if he's on the song that's it it was a song that had drake dj Khaled, i think lil wayne and drake on it right when it got to the drake part i literally said it's no need to listen to the rest after drake i will say and i don't know why it is and i do this with because on our podcast we talk a lot about rock music too and i do this with certain bands but I've never really actively listened to them. It's almost like I save an artist or a musician. I honestly don't know what it is. It maybe just annoyed me seeing him on the fucking Raptors <laughs> sideline. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to send me some stuff to get me started. Send me a, yeah. a Drake starter kit. Now let's get to my favorite rapper. You know what? Try to guess who you think my favorite rapper is. Oh, man. So I'll just say one that we haven't touched on that's kind of a gimme, Jay-Z. No, nah, not Jay-Z. My favorite yeah. rapper is Matt Miller. Really? Matt Miller is so good. It's unbelievable. Yes, Matt <laughs> Miller. When Matt Miller died, I was like, yeah, stop playing, bro. I was like, Matt Miller ain't dead, bro. Stop. I wouldn't even know where to begin to tell you what music to listen to. That's how good the man is. I don't know Mac Miller really well, but I've heard Mac Miller quite a bit. He had kids, Blue Slide Park. He had a mixtape called Faces. He had an alter ego where he had Larry Fishburne, I think, Larry Fisherman. He had an album for that. Now, the thing is, right, as Matt Miller got from his younger days when he was, like, high school and stuff like that, the music yeah. changes. It doesn't stay the same. I love that. I love when artists do that. He was pretty young, right, when he died, with like, late 20s or mid-20s? or He was only, I think it was maybe 26. Yeah, shit. 26. You had listened to Lauryn Hill and you thought that album was really good? Yeah. Here's another one that you're going to be surprised, right? The album by Rihanna called Anti. I don't know if that's going to really be up your alley, right? Because I didn't think it was mine either. I really like Rihanna. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever heard a Rihanna verse or a song that I didn't like. If you listen to Anti, you're going to think that's the best album Rihanna ever made. There's something about her voice that's just, her voice is haunting. Yeah. Do you care about regions? Are you Are you more prone to like rap from Atlanta or... California or New York or, or anything like that? Or is it just pretty much anywhere? 
I just like hip hop. Like that's yeah. they talk about the West. Um, was it West Coast, uh, East Coast, um, battle, whatever New York style, uh, yeah. Southern style. Yeah. I just like hip hop. It don't matter who it is, as long as it's not like mumble rap where I can't understand what you're saying. I will say, if you're talking about like what do I really like, the one thing I like about Kendrick is that he's actually talking about something. It's some, most of his songs have substance to them. Yes, it's not always just about like doing drugs or hoes or just money. That's what appealed to me about Mac Miller. He did talk about drugs later on, but it wasn't always about that. And if you listen to Kendrick, it, the songs have substance, like We Gonna Be All Right. He's talking about police brutality and stuff like that. Fuck, every fucking Kendrick song. Is... Yeah, and J. Cole was in there too. Oh, J. Cole's really good too. Yeah. I, re- I really like J. Cole. Yeah, we we talked about that in one of our podcasts a couple episodes ago, how it feels like the world of music is always equalizing itself because you'll go through like five or 10 years of every single song. Everything that's popular is about cars, money, women, drugs, yeah, everything. And then people are like, when are we going to fucking talk about something real? And then you get your Kendrick Lamar's and your J Cole's and your, you know, Mac Miller's. And then there's about five or 10 years of that. And then people are like, okay, we get it. The world sucks. Can we just fucking talk about money and cars for a while? So it's just this never-ending cycle of people trying to equal shit out. One thing I think is that in each generation, there's maybe a couple that's already in there, but it may not be as big. Like, for example, like we today when we talk about Kanye, we're saying, like, I mean, he seems to be a little crazy. But if you listen to his old stuff, he was talking about he was talking about stuff like that. College dropout was brilliant. The whole yeah, album see, was all about when everybody else was coming out with, I love Ludacris, but all the Ludacris stuff, which is it's almost half comedy. Yeah, You know, everything's just kind of big and fun and drinking and joking around. And then all of a sudden Kanye called, comes out. One of his albums yeah. called Chicken and Beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and before that, you had everybody else that was talking about nothing. And then you had like Outcast come. You know, in the 90s, and, oh, yeah, and they were coming out with songs like Rosa Parks. There are always a couple outliers that are yep, just, positive stuff, or um, they call it conscious rap, yeah, 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 yeah. That's my favorite type, actually. This was fantastic. This yeah. went as good as I could have possibly expected it to go, yeah. I didn't uh, expect it to go bad because I like to talk, <laughs> it was just, and we're talking about music, so it was like, well, I think it was. From the beginning, I had no doubts about it. For real, for real. Follow me um, on Instagram at underscore quarantine podcast. You can email me if you got any information. Want to be on the pod at x z s i v e l s at gmail dot com. And hopefully, we can do this again, man. We and hopefully, maybe we can review one of the albums that we just talked about, whether it was Kendrick. Um, Rihanna, Kodak, Drake, whatever, bro. So, hopefully, you can do this again and get uh, more people on it to talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Uh, stay safe out there, man. Talk to you soon. You too. Thanks. Yep. We are back. We just played the conversation that Zay and I had together. It was a good talk. The first thing I want to touch on that was that was really, really interesting about this conversation is the preconceived notions going in ah. that I had and that I could tell that he had. 
one of the first things that he says in the episode is he says that I'm new to the rap game, which I'm not. I've been listening to rap longer than he has. Right. And it's interesting that I think there was just this preconceived notion for for him. Well, because right after that, that you you threw out some, you name dropped. And he was like, oh, I didn't even listen to that until... You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> we've been talking about some of that, and the guy just listened to that in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did the exact same thing. I went into that interview thinking, okay, this is a black dude from North Carolina. He grew up around other black dudes mm. listening to hip hop. During the interview, I come to find out he grew up in this white town, didn't really listen to hip hop until he went off to college, which is pretty much exactly substitute college for Navy is the exact same thing for me. So I did the exact same thing. There wasn't any negative connotations to him, but we still had these notions about each other. And I I thought that was really, really fucking interesting. Well, I think we don't picture the the one person that's surrounded by a completely other race as the person that we're talking to. Like, I, I don't know. You kind of always assume that. Yeah. Th- that's a minor. I mean, that's the minority. And, and Which is interesting because I didn't encounter, and I don't know if I'll want you to speak to this too, but I didn't encounter real, uh-huh. real racism until I left that area. People that I grew up around were not at all racist. Right. It wasn't until I left the area that I encountered real true racism, which is interesting. I had a few experiences in in junior high school as probably when I was like 13 or 14, but it was weird because they were being racist skinhead white kids in a white town talking to a whole bunch of other white kids it was kind of weird. It was like, what problem do you have with people you've never met? Ne- exactly. Probably because they are young. They were kids. We were all kids. Well, um, and there were and the generation you're... before. I remember I worked construction for my dad's company for a while. Not My dad didn't own the company. My dad worked a cabinet shop. And I'd say this was, you know, old dudes. You know, we're talking age, average age was probably like 45 to 65. And I'd say 90% of them were super fucking racist. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even, I guess it's easy to look over because they're so insignificant. Yeah. They're these little fucking nobodies in these teeny little pockets of nowhere Idaho. Yeah. That are just going to fucking fade away with their stupid thinking and never affect anybody. Mm-hmm. But, in a lot of ways, I think that people inherit that. That, I think, makes it so hard to change because when it's your parents, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts, your whole family growing up, you don't know that it's wrong until perhaps you're an adult. I absolutely know what you're saying, but I think it's going to continue to get better. Yeah. I think generation by generation are exposed at a younger age. Our generation, there were a lot fewer racist people. And the next generation, I feel like I feel like it's going to keep going and going. Mm-hmm. And th- there are definitely counterbalances here and there. You look at things that have been happening over the last eight years have been pretty bad. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, we hopefully will look back at these times and say, did you see how all of these really terrible things were put into the fucking spotlight for everybody to see? Yeah. That is what made us change this and that. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing that I took away from my conversation with Zay was that in the end, the conversation that you heard is like 35 minutes. The real conversation was about an hour and a half. We spent about a half hour talking about the the quote unquote politics of hip hop mm-hmm. and what it's like as a 
white guy versus a black guy listening and stuff like that. And we were disinterested so fast because we both don't give a shit. Yeah. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And the conversation quickly just became, okay, what do you like? What do I like? Mm. That was my biggest takeaway is that it doesn't fucking matter. I was really glad to have the conversation. My thought on the impact on on music, and you can see this in hip hop music, you see kind of a whitewashing of hip hop even. After gangster rap came out and all these suburban white kids really got into it and started liking rap and all their parents freaked out and the politicians freaked out. And then you start getting to the point where now it seems like there's black hip hop artists that get accused of being too white. <laughs> yes. It gets it gets so weird because there's like this this sound. This album behind me, that... sorry for those of you that can't see, but I have vinyls up behind me when we do these. But the Eminem show, the very first track on this album, White America, that's exactly what it's fucking about nobody gave a shit about these communities nobody gave a shit about these people mm-hmm. until all of a sudden eminem and these people like will smith and them came out and then all of a sudden little timmy and jenny are listening to hip-hop and now it's tipper gore's job to completely cleanse the world you know it, like, nobody gave a shit when this stuff was big in harlem right it wasn't until it got in the suburbs that then the politicians were like oh shit we need to do something so yeah. What's the difference? It, you cannot tell me that there is any difference besides right. the fact that all of a sudden it was affecting white kids. Now we need to care about it. I thought it was interesting, though, that since 1990, 80% of hip hop music is consumed by suburban white males. Is that like people that have actually bought albums? Yes. So as far as where the, yeah. where the revenue is coming from. Zay says that when we were in the discussion is that he he'd go to a fucking rap concert and it's 80% white people. Yeah. Depending on what part of the country you're in, those are the people that can afford to go to, to the go to these. Concert. Yeah. Pay 80 bucks a ticket. Now you've got this giant revenue stream involved, but it's permeating. It's actually now seeping into white communities, white culture. And I think all the super conservative get really concerned about like, well, what's happening to our culture and we need to try to defend and take back our culture all our kids are you know trying yeah. to change race when that's not it at all it's it's the music i'm gonna like right? what i'm gonna like i think that whatever expression you want to use quote unquote real people out there will be able to notice that mm-hmm. and will i don't care, respect it or not i don't think it's a respect or not thing but will be fine with that people like you and i don't listen to a song because we want to be something or we want to we listen to a song because it's a fucking good song. Good, yeah. And that's I don't listen to Lauren Hill because I want to feel like I'm a black kid from New Jersey and I'm going to start wearing this and doing that. No, I listen to Lauren Hill because it's one of the greatest albums I've ever heard in my life. Right. And that's that's all there is to it. I think the only other thing I, I really would encourage listeners to do a little homework too, like if you're into hip hop and you've never taken the time to really appreciate and research the rich deep history behind the music where it started that's something i would really uh encourage people to do i think um hell yeah yeah you know of course Sven is talking about go to the late 80s early 90s and check out an artist by the name of vanilla ice <laughs> that's where the history of hip-hop begins that's where right, the Sven? history of hip-hop begins you know <laughs> i think 
I think if if you haven't researched the block parties back in New York and you, you don't know yes. about, you know, like people getting together in the community rec room with pieced together sound systems on borrowed turntables, if you don't know Grandmaster Flash, there are so many resources to be able to, to get good, correct historical information that's also entertaining. There will be a lot more <laughs> hip hop to come. I promise everyone that. That's it for this episode. People might not have to wait too long for episode 14.2 when we talk about NWA. We're going to dissect the group. Woo! Stay tuned. Yeah. Watch us get kicked off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone, go to the website, versecourseverse.com. Follow us on Instagram, at versecourseversepod. We're active on everything. iTunes, rate and review. We do the YouTubes. YouTube, the YouTubes. Press yeah. the thumbs up and the subscribe y'all can't see my hat right now but it is an awesome hat if you want to know what it looks like go order one yes versecourseverse.com we we have happily sold out we have merch and honestly the merch is really fucking cool i have uh the sweatshirt and it's the most comfortable sweatshirt i own oh yeah but the badge on the middle of the hat really really cool yeah not gonna lie that i was i was a little worried about that i love the patch style Mm -hmm. and the way that yeah it's very cool it's a trucker hat like it's it's the shit that i wear if you want to be popular wear verse course verse gear thank you so much yeah. to everybody listening thank you most of all to zay and the quarantine podcast check out their podcast they're on spotify they're on instagram uh, you can even get through them through us with we're going to be promoting this episode you'll see it so yeah. just do that all right uh, yeah yeah zay sorry i missed you you'll next next time yes you will chat with them next i'll be time. there all right I can't wait. Everyone, we will see you next time. Oh.